Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with an absolutely unwavering commitment to the things we've always known to be true without even having to think about them, an understanding of the world so complete that all new information and circumstances are but confirmatory notes of everything we figured out a long time ago, whatever and whenever that was. A podcast that gazes into the confused, jumbled morass of a chaotic and exploding cosmos and sees only the perfect order of a world molding itself into the shape we knew it had to take. A perfect system in perfect working order, if only you were clear-eyed enough to understand the rules. A podcast that recognizes that the only real sin is bewilderment, that the only true virtue is never appearing surprised, that the only thing that matters is I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. How you doing, Lori? Pretty bad. Yeah, today is Sunday. I did make, I made it my first pie of my oh. one pie a month New Year's resolution tonight. Nice. January 10th. Yeah, got ahead of it. 2021. <laughs> so Sunday night, obviously it's it's an emergency pod. Eh? That's we right, to, yeah. We to break the schedule. <laughs> the, and emergency the, the emergency the... <laughs> is that there's a national title game tomorrow night That's that right. we would like to watch, a football game. And Joke's on us if it gets postponed. Because right. of COVID. One of the things that I, I like about not doing emergency pods, because if ever if, if ever there was a week called for an emergency podcast, it was probably last week, uh, Wednesday the 6th, would right. have been a, a good time to, to do it, probably. But the thing about recording in that moment before anybody really knows anything is that it's, it's just a purely emotional exercise, right? right? And would, you don't know everything. Be, yeah. You don't know anything, and we don't no, know everything now. Cathartic. Five right. days later, we don't That's know true. anything still. Right. But even now, Sunday night, it was Wednesday afternoon that all of this happened. It feels like the, and part of it, of course, is that I've just, we've been stewing in it so much, right? So I watched all the stupid news programs. I've been reading nothing but stuff about what happened on Wednesday, and and the feeling is still very raw in terms of, and I don't want to sound hyperbolic about it, but like the rage and the sadness about the whole thing, like because it's it's a towering event in American history. Right. What happened? That's why on I Wednesday. want to talk about where we were and what we were doing. And it cannot be. This is not a news cycle event, right? In the way that, so last week when we talked about Raffensperger, the thing that we said at the top is that it's an amazing that twenty four hours later you were watching the nightly news and it had already been shuffled into the end of the first segment rather than right. leading the thing. Right. And you can feel the news cycle trying to do that with this event. You can feel these other things like trying to sneak in and overturn the importance of the underlying conversation that needs to be had. And I don't want to say that it's like a willful distraction or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that people are trying to distract you. It's just, the market, right, the the way that the whole system is set up is for the next new thing to be more outrageous than the last thing, right. and that, that's to, to keep the churn going. And as we get further away from the event, it will be easier for the next outrageous thing to displace 
the last outrageous thing that that happened on Wednesday. So whether it's people complaining about how this would have been different had it been a bunch of black people storming the steps of the Capitol, right. or whether it's Trump getting banned from Twitter, or whether it's Parler getting deplatformed off of uh, Amazon Web Services, whether it's Gab being down and sort of inexplicably so. Like all, all of these things that people who don't want to talk about the thing, and not, not in some insidious way, but just they don't, like Marco Rubio would rather not have a conversation about what actually happened on Wednesday. He'd much rather talk about what the media reaction is and how the Democrats have failed in their potential response to this or something. Right. I mean, uh, that's the case because it reflects poorly on Rubio to talk about the first story. I, don't, I mean, yes, but also people don't always want to talk about the big thing. Even if it's the only thing that there is, it's like, all right, let's talk about something else. And then you can't think of anything else to talk about. Right. But I think in this specific case with Rubio and others, it's hard for them to separate their role. I mean, they weren't responsible like Trump was. I hope it is. But like they, you know, and and there's been a lot of clips of Rubio and others in 2015 and 2016 saying this kind of thing could happen. Stay away from this Trump guy. And then when he won, they just kind of say, ah, forget it, we'll jump ship, we'll go all in. And now you kind of see the outcome of that. And Nobody that- was more right about Donald Trump than the Republicans in the field against him right. in 2015 and 2016. Especially because of how much of the outrage about Trump in the opening years of his presidency was completely misdirected, right? Yeah. Where the, the Steele dossier and the, the whole Russia thing sort of confused everyone. And it allowed their furor about him to be misdirected. But if you go back and you watch what Ted Cruz and Kellyanne Conway and Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio and all of the worst of the worst of Republican Trump defenders over the last five years, you go back and you look at what they were saying at first, and they were absolutely right. Mick Mulvaney, who made the rounds on the Sunday shows today— predicted exactly this basically yes. back in 2016 right. that this guy was a disaster and that we will reap what we sow with Donald Trump and and all these people who have the conservative party for years who say things like uh, character is destiny right that that's sort of their line right. that this is that you get what you get out of a person right and if right. if they correctly identified what was wrong with Donald Trump in 2015 or 2016? And then they decided that's just our horse now, right? Like right. We, he took over the party. That is what it is. I suspect that uh, in private conversations, they would say, we didn't ch- – like the people went the other way. They went with this crazy person and were political opportunists and we jumped ship too. But like had it been – like what they were saying in the run-up is probably the more honest outlook not and, and and what they did afterwards undercuts all of that so i'm not trying to give them a pass but but they probably thought what they thought was correct back in 2015 and 2016 but because trump won they pretended none of that was true and they're probably hoping that oh man if he you know like if we somehow make it through his term without any further incident you know we can kind of uh, so close yeah it, it's remarkable how like and if he just like I don't know how many episodes we recorded between the no- November seventh date, whenever they called it, and now, but you, Bob, have been saying, and a lot of other people have been saying, 
January 6th is the date of note, you know, so this kind of had been on the calendar for a while and Trump kept on egging it on and, and giving the impression that Biden, uh, not Biden, but Pence had a role to play and they, were, they had, I mean, they literally, with, 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 the, with the president is that he led a speech, he had a speech in the hours leading up to, and if you believe the reporting, he actually did want to march with the people to the Capitol. Imagine if a sitting president was like even more actively involved That's in the what first ended up I've happening. Heard that. Yeah, but the Secret Service and others talked him out of it. Like that, because he he literally said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, let's go this way." Uh, but they told him, "No, are you crazy? Like, what? <laughs> these people are unhinged. You know, like you can't do that." So he didn't. But in his mind, he wanted a big spectacle. I mean, he said, I'll be there with you. Right. Yeah. That moment at the end of his speech, the Save America rally that takes place on January 6th, where he spends he, a dozen different times throughout that hour-long speech, he's talking about how we are going to march down to the Capitol. I'm going to be there with you. We are going to go down there, and we're going to fight. Because if you show that you are weak, if, if you Republicans are going to be weak, you're going to get trampled and you're going to lose and you have to take what's yours. Right. You have to show strength. You have to show he strength. He said, we, we are going to do it. I will be with you. And then he walks off that stage. He gets in the presidential limo and he heads back to the White House to watch it all on television. Right. And I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what a more perfect summation of who Donald Trump is that you could – you could script, right? And that's he's the greatest self-paradist of all time, right. it has been said. But he's also he's also just because and it's because he's just always constantly being himself to the fullest extent right. possible. Right. right. So something like this where like it, it's just such a perfect encapsulation of the way Donald Trump relates to the people who are his base, which is, I am with you, I'm one of you, I'm going to be there with you. And then he gets in the presidential limo, and he's back in the residence watching it on television. Just watching it, just like everybody else uh, was. Do you think that, cause I, you know, obviously Trump wanted a spectacle. Do you think he wanted this? Because obviously things have fallen apart. He's at his weakest point now than he has ever it doesn't been matter what he. It doesn't matter what he wanted. I don't think that he's... He's not capable of thinking far enough ahead. He doesn't understand consequences enough to imagine what it was that he wanted. What he wanted was an overwhelming show of force right. in his name. He right. wanted a big fucking display. He wanted fireworks. He wanted tanks in the streets, right? No matter what it is. He what he's been saying since he went to fucking China or wherever and said he was going to ruin Fourth of July with like a Yeah, like parade. a big thing. Yeah. Right. Like he just wants the big, bad, terrible thing, and he wants his name to be on it. Right. That's all he's ever wanted. And the the fact that this didn't end so much worse is a, an incredible miracle. Right. It really is. It could have been so much worse. There are photographs of people in the House chamber jumping over railings with, like, dozens of uh, zip-tie handcuffs right. on their right. waist. Like, right. And, and and weapons, like in holsters. And there were a number of them, right? And they're working to identify who the hell these people were. They've arrested... There was a gallows built yes. outside with right. a noose hanging off of it. Right. And it's not just symbols, right? We're not... 
It wasn't just designed to scare. There were pipe bombs placed at the RNC and the DNC in different parts of town in an attempt, it seems, to create a distraction where you blow up these small bombs outside of uh, party headquarters and everybody freaks out and then you march on the Capitol and maybe there's less of a response that happens. Now, as it turns out, that shouldn't have been a worry because right. there, there doesn't appear to have been much of a response anyway. Right. I mean, the, the, the biggest flaw is the planning. And I don't know if it was intentionally done in such a way to where there weren't that many officers. Because I, I still don't understand and it still hasn't been explained why there were so few officers guarding the Capitol when you had a joint session. So everybody's there. I mean, this is a lot of people, right? But as soon as all of those people started walking towards the Capitol and they got there, they congregated, you can kind of see the mismatch. There's no way these police officers would be able to hold back this group if this group went, you know. The Capitol cannot be a soft target in this in this right. moment, right? Right. It, it, that needs to be a hard target. Especially it, on January 6th when this has been, I when mean. they knew about it. They right. absolutely knew about it. That's it'll, And it will come out more and more as time goes on. But there's already reporting that shows that the FBI and other large police forces in this country were in contact with the Capitol Police, right. letting them know all of the things that are being said online. There was, this was organized almost as out in the open as like the, the Charlottesville rally right. in 2017 right. was organized. Everybody right. knew about it, all the way down to the president tweeting, show up on January 6th. It's going to be wild. Right. Like, that's the word that he used. It's right. wild. The president himself promoted this date. I would, one, one aspect of the story that I would like to see investigated is so remember, like in December, there was that curious shakeup at the Pentagon where Esper leaves and then some person who's pretty low, he's not like next in line, takes on the role of acting defense secretary. There's a few other movements that were kind of like, huh. Like, people were wondering, well, he's only got three more weeks or a month left. Why why all this? And then couple that story from a month ago to the very slow approval of the National Guards being mobilized. Like, there was a 90 minutes or more delay to mobilize a troop. So is that just the president just too busy watching the spectacle and he didn't approve it or – like, what happened? Why did the governor of nearby Maryland have to constantly ask for approval and wait for 90 minutes or more to get that approval so that they can go there and support the police that was already there? They were getting their ass kicked, by the way. I mean, there's video of them getting beaten or crushed by some weird door set up. So, like, do you think there's anything there? Is it, like, encompassed or just, like, a deliberate thing to kind of— let the spectacle happen, and then we'll send in the reinforcement. You know, I just I I think that nobody thought that it was as serious as it obviously was. I think that after five years of there's that stupid formulation that showed up in 2016 or 2017 about the the literally seriously divide yeah. Yeah. between the yokel the way the yokels deal with him and the way that the national media deals with him with Trump, and it seems like. For so many years, it was clear that his supporters weren't taking him literally, that if you took the things that Donald Trump said literally, then your actions would be far more extreme, right? right. When he's saying 
I'll pay your bail fee if you kick right. this guy's ass. Right. I'll pay your legal fees if you beat this protester up. And nobody does it, and everybody laughs, and they laugh twice as hard when the media gets their uh, panties in a bunch about the fact that Donald Trump would go so far as to say something like this. But because nothing materialized from it, it's like, oh, well, I guess we shouldn't be taking these people very seriously. He's always said the awful thing. It's just that nobody's ever really acted on it, right? But in this context, okay, so stop the steal, a a massive voter fraud happened in the states that you know, the Electoral College vote would have mattered in, coincidentally. What did people want? What is the serious but not literal? I don't know. I right. don't know. Because Dan Crenshaw is absolutely mortified by what happened on Wednesday. He, can't, he cannot believe that the, everyone took this so literally as to storm the Capitol, even though that was the plan. Right. That was what he told you was going to happen. And, and this is a guy who went so far as to try to, quote-unquote, stop the steal— by having a stupid movie action movie trailer right. where he jumps out of an airplane and beats up a couple of Antifa that he lands on, right? right? So, so which is it, man? So, you can't right. you can't be on both sides of that, right? So that, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do these politicians and and people in the media and in the right do they think? Because they're cynical and they think, oh, it's just all just political gamesmanship, and this argument is effective in undercutting the left and that's all that matters it's just in that on that level they're not seeing it beyond that and so do you know how rare it is that someone is proven wrong like most of the time you can go about your life thinking you're right right these are a group of people who have just been proven wrong right right. that's yeah we're asking them to just like swallow that and own it when that's not something most people are able to do if it's about something minor and stupid. Right. This is about something huge and important, and they were super wrong about they, it. Right. And they're just glad to talk about anything else. That's why they're and, kind of and jumping And they just want to they, – yeah. They right. just – But they don't have the words, I'm sorry, and right. they're doing nothing about it except going like, uh-huh, that that's weird. Didn't expect that. I Imagine the I'm sorry would basically – be ruinous to their their behavior for the last four years, right? So basically, it's like if you not own up to this, which is you know the accurate thing to do, but like they can't say that. They have to say some other. Who would have thought this would actually happen? I can't believe this thing would happen. They're kind of treating this whole thing as I think I was telling you, Bob, like almost like pro wrestling. So they're talking up a big thing, yeah. but they don't think anything's going to come of it. But the people that are listening, the regular folk, they think it's. MMA, like real fighting, you know, but it's actually not. And so, like, this thing happened on Wednesday. Right. The twelve-year-olds who are arguing about it in the cafeteria and getting into fist fights about what happened in WrestleMania on Monday right. night, they take it fucking seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They think it's real, even right. though they know in their head that it's scripted. It doesn't matter. Right. 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 It's and real it, enough. Right. It's weird, and and a lot of them. So going back to that, just that mob of people that went to the Capitol. It seems like. There was a different, there were many different groups that were there. Like, so you have this like mindless, like red hat zombie group. That's what happens when you encourage 30,000 people to show up in a yard somewhere, right? Right. There's gonna, it's not gonna be everybody 
who's just there to throw a ball around in the park and have a couple of drinks and listen to their favorite politician talk. Right, right. It's not going to be a, a totally friendly crowd. Right. So you have, yeah, so like a lot of them were just like this mindless zombie stuff where they're just kind of walking around. Like, I can't believe we got this far. They're just kind of just looking at things. There was another group that was, like, there were elements of that group that meant violence, right? The people that that, that were all ski masked yeah. and yes. the whatever. If they had come across Adam Schiff or AOC or because I mean the leadership, they, they were all whisked away. But like there are other high-profile politicians that don't have that level of security, and so if they found them, God knows what would happen. Or you were saying earlier with the the noose and the gallow thing, some of those people were very serious they're using the larger group to kind of get in and do what they wanted to do and this could have right. gone even, a lot even worse. the gallows is a, is it was as symbolic as as wheeling up a a guillotine right it would like i don't think that they that the person who erected those gallows right. with yeah. the noose actually thought they were going to string yeah, somebody if up that, right. if that but, were the left but there were a half a dozen no people in there thought. Who were serious and who did yeah. mean it, they, right? Yeah. So, so maybe not the 20 people who helped to construct the stupid gallows on the steps, right. but the people who were inside with the zip cuffs. Yeah, and they the, were serious, yeah. Yeah, they were dead serious. And By if the they way, found somebody, they would have had them on their knees in cuffs. And I don't right. know where it goes from there. But you don't want to let it get to that point because you're right. Where does it go? Do they do a live stream assassination? Right. There were moments. I mean, there, there's, there's video that shows that one cop who comes running up the stairs and it's almost like he's trying to misdirect them because he runs right. away yeah. from right. the house hall right. into another area with a bunch more cops, right? Right. And there's that video of the when the woman gets shot on the other at the end of the hall, down from where they are. Right. Like ninety seconds earlier, like a dozen house members had just gone through that hall on their way to wherever the secure location is. Right. But some right? of them are still. Some of the house members were still in that chamber. That's why. They would not let him. I, I think the reason why that woman died is because every other, br- br- you know, uh, door they got through without much resistance. So they thought they could continue to open and break and whatever through this door. But this was one of the last line of defenses before members of Congress, because there was like an upper gallery area where right. some of the members of Congress were not able to get out because they closed all the doors. So they were there. So like if that. Lady who gets shot and dies uh, makes it through, and everybody else makes it through. Then all of those members are compromised, and God knows what. Thankfully, I mean, it sucks. You know, it sounds callous to say, but like, thankfully, it only took one person dying for the whole group to just kind of get out of the spell. Like, oh shit, this is for real, right? Because up until that point, they're just breaking through things, and the yeah, Capitol Police were just were letting just them do whatever. Them. What's that? They were just letting them do whatever. Right, well, but t- to an extent, you have to when it's I a, know. when it's yeah. a crowd that big and right. you are I a know. force that small. Right, like they the alternative. To, yeah, they had to basically say property is no longer important. We don't have enough people to prevent property damage, but we need to prevent life. You know, damage to life. You know, so well. And even before that, I keep saying I've said this all week. There are so many protests at the Capitol. Like it's what the Capitol's for. You right. go protest there. Right. This has never happened. Right, that's the thing. And yeah. so if all you do is learn from history, there's a bunch of people coming. Right. That's just what happened. That's right. what we're that's what we do. Right. So but they're th- not gonna do anything. They're not right. gonna bust into the Capitol and try to kidnap senators. Like th- that would be insane. But there are 
demonstrations, you know, like the Million This March or some life yeah. thing. But this one, the reason why this was happening on Wednesday wasn't like a coincidence. Like, oh, it's a good day to do it. There was sure. a, And if you can sum it up in two sentences, you have to, right? And it's Donald Trump, the right. sitting president of the right. United States, told a crowd of 30,000 people to march on the Capitol and stop the process that was right. happening. That's and literally that, what that was process happening, yeah. was the certification of the next president <laughs> right. by a joint session of Congress. Right. So he sent a mob. Right. Like, if you sum it up in two sentences, the president sent a mob to the Capitol to stop a co-equal branch of government from certifying his successor. And you describe that to the founders— that's exactly what they built the whole thing to protect right. against, right? right? None of those words are unfamiliar to Alexander Hamilton and James Madison. Right. Nothing about what I said there, whereas most of the things that you try to introduce to the stupid founders from 250 years ago, they would be utterly flummoxed. They would have right. no idea. What, what is this this phone magic device? <laughs> this What is what's, this wizard, wizardry that is that, overtaken? Yeah. Yeah. But this is perfectly in keeping, right, right? With, with everything that we know about what the founders were scared of. Right. And that must be recognized by the Republicans now. And like now. That one guy did. Now is the opportunity. It's been given to you in a, in, a, in a way that when I joked about how COVID was Trump's chance to save his presidency right. and like a coherent response to that, which of course is impossible because it's Trump. So it's a stupid counterfactual. But Trump was gifted the COVID crisis right. at the end of his presidency where he could have easily sailed to re-election if he had properly handled it. Right. Or even handled it poorly, but better than he did. And in the same way, the Republicans are being given a perfect gift right here at the end of the Trump presidency. He has served on a silver platter himself. All they have to do is cut the line and be done with him. Right. And they can absolve themselves of most of what's happened in the last four years. And yet a really significant portion of them are refusing to do so. Not only that, I mean, the events transpire Wednesday. It disrupts the, the proceedings, right? And, and by the way, anyone that was giving the speech, you know, Don Jr., Rudy Giuliani, all of them, there is not any argument they can make that would absolve them of their culpability because what other purpose is there for these people to be marching at the Capitol other than to disrupt in some way the process, right? There is no argument. But all of this happens, chaos, just absolute chaos. The joint session of Congress resumes, and after all that happened, you still had over – wasn't it like over 100 and some odd people in the House? Two-thirds of the Republican House caucus. Right. So after – so this is not like, oh, we didn't know it would get this far. So this wasn't a vote that happened before, and then now this is the after. In the immediate after, when, when you're like, holy shit, I can't believe this actually happened, they still went ahead. I mean there were a few senators that backed off like Leffler uh, and others, but like Holly, Cruz, they all objected. They, they streamlined it a bit to kind of say, okay, well, let's just object three of the six states or something like that. But they still went ahead with the sham argument that this was a fraudulent election, right, after – so I suspect that nothing, you know, I was asking you, like, will the fever break now? And you said no, almost immediately. And I think you're right, because if in the immediate aftermath, you still have this level of let's continue to pretend that what the president was saying has some validity, 
when they bring this up to an impeachment vote, that same group will vote against impeachment, right? Because they're thinking ahead, the the voters that Trump courts, they will still be there after this, after the dust settles. So we're going to play to them so we can survive any sort of primary challenge in 22 and so on. So I think not much has changed. If they want to be a viable political party, they have to do this and they have to do it now. Are you sure? Are you sure that this isn't just the direction the Republican parties decided to go? Well, I think now we will have a... We're going to find out, right? But, but I, I don't think that it's very clear that Republicans need to disavow this. I right. think it, the ones who see it as advantageous might be right. But I, I think you will have a split within the Republican Party, and they'll have but to— But that's sp- what I'm saying. The split will be sizable, right? Mitch McConnell gave the speech of a career right. after all of this happened, right? right. And to be clear— Fuck Mitch McConnell, (laughs) right? Long-standing position of the Cast Iron Brains podcast and the larger uh, Brain Iron multinational media empire. But he gave the right speech in the moment, right? And you have to credit him for that. Mitt Romney gave a terrific speech in the moment. Ben Sass, a huge dork, gave a pretty good speech in the moment. But at least it was critical of... The right people. And direct. It was critical. Like, they, they weren't kind of beating around. Uh, many mistakes were made. There's a, on both sides. Like, a lot of them were very direct to say the president took part in this, you know. And even— uh, And you and you, my fellow Republican senators, helped push this big lie, right? right? You you helped generate the nonsense, gravi- the, the fake gravitational field around this entire thing. A lie that resulted in what we saw in like it can't be overstated how insane it is right. in the in the Capitol building, right? That there were they were almost kidnapped and possibly executed, senators and right. and, and representatives of Congress. Right. And I know people will say, Oh, you're being hyperbolic. You literally you could not rule that out, right? Maybe nothing would have happened. Maybe they were just taking some pictures. But you could not rule out that at least some of those people who are into these random right wing oh, Especially groups. when you get the psychology of like the mob mentality. Right. Like people do crazy things. Right. That's why I sent you guys that article. Yes. About the CEO. Right. And that's, that was a stupid decision. That's what's odd. Yeah. The CNN article or what have you were there was a CEO from like Chicago or from some other place. Yeah. And he took part in this. There was like, a, not to besmirch you, Bob, but there was a stay at home father who left his ki- five kids. To come to D.C. to take part in the shenanigans, and now he's in jail, and now his wife's going to have to find some daycare thing. But the, num- the, the very backgrounds of, like, people from everywhere, people are getting arrested in Tennessee, and the people that are trampled on, one of them was from Kennesaw or Athens, Georgia. Like, they're from everywhere, but there were among those people who would have killed. Yeah. Because Be- this whole time, you know— Somebody, if you believe this to be true, there was a massive fraud. These people are literally stealing the election of a duly elected president, right? So they think someone committed very high crimes, right? So if you, the continuation of that is that 
we need to do something to them. Basically, the dry run was what happened in Michigan, right, where there were a bunch of yahoos who were trying to kidnap the governor to do whatever with, you know, like some ISIS video where they would, like, yeah. record her getting killed. So I, I, I think things could have gotten a lot worse. So to backtrack a little bit, when you asked about the preparation by the police, that's the one part of this that I think, because there's the crowd in the immediate, as this was happening, there were people saying, and it will be part of this narrative. It will 100, it will be part of this story because of where it landed in history. This will always be part of the story, which is that had this been a Black Lives Matter crowd that the police response would have been very different. Right. It wouldn't be that like a wait and see kind of thing, like maybe nothing will come of it. Right. And and the only part of that that I don't think should be dismissed out of hand as a hypothetical counterfactual thing is that the preparation would have looked different probably. Right. To the extent that the police are more comfortable knowing that a crowd of Trump supporters are going to be there and they think if it's not quite our people, it's sort of our people, right? right? Like, and they'll behave. like, Right. And that this, after all, this is the Blue Lives Matter crowd, right? right? After all, this is the support the troops and, and never defund the police crowd. Which and, is especially stupid considering what was like the biggest one was the, the January 21st, the Women's March. Yeah. The day after, that yeah. was it was so many people right. and there was nothing nothing happened because right, right. it was a bunch of women right <laughs> but also again just to go back other those other things you're protesting some larger thing women's rights or black yeah. rights or this is yeah we're trying to stop what you're doing yeah so true. like if you're p- preparing how do you not see that as at the very least there would be some sort of spectacle on the outside let's say that nobody breached you still need a lot of just just for the point of deterrence, just to have a large presence to say you guys can wave your flags, but there's a line you won't cross. And I, I suspect that if they did have an appropriate number of police officers, nothing would have come of it. But when they saw there was like hardly any, a few aggressive types right. kind of when there's when there's three cops and a and a four foot tall stupid fence that doesn't keep anything right, out right. right it's like it's like zip tied together it's an idea of right. a fence right right it's a fence that's there that might as well just be a a rope like a rope yeah line it's a fence you see a, like at a parking lot or whatever it's not like you can move it around for whatever it's like purpose. we would like you to not go here right it's basically just like a a, a sing a symbol like hey this is yeah. the line right but if, Right, because you don't usually build giant fences around the U.S. Capitol building, right? right? right. In the same way that you're not supposed to do that around the White House. The whole idea is that it doesn't have to be a truly hard target because that's not the country we live in, right? Right. Like it's not. Also, if these people are walking around saying that they're trying to save America, why would you go ruin the buildings that make America America? Yeah, because they, it's in their so mind, offensive. Yeah, yeah, in their mind, they think they're America, and what's happening here is un-American. But the Capitol it, building right, was yeah. a target on 9-11. Right. Like, those particular... Like, right. those are the people that whined about Confederate statues. Right. Right, but they weren't there to destroy the building. That's the thing. But they... Sh- that I. It doesn't make it... That, I mean, it's still surprising to me that they would... Right. Vandalize the building. Also, they like did. You know, I mean, you can okay. you can say okay, the windows and the doors were destroyed for the purpose of getting in. But what were they doing in all of these offices? And 
like in in the hallway. Like you don't need to break that, but they were destroying everything that they could find just because they could. But going back, I, I, I'm going to stress this one more time. I'll leave it alone. But the whole point of a large force is not to use it, right? Just like our military budget yeah. is so large that no one will want to go to war with us in a conventional sense, right? So you sometimes have so many police officers so that you won't have to ever use it. But if you have like six guys, something bad's going to happen. And that's what happened here. We're like, oh, shit, no one is here. No one's guarding the store. And within like 30 minutes, they were like inside. Right. And- a much larger presence, there would not have been five deaths. Right. Or, or right. now they're saying six deaths because right. they apparently because one of the Capitol would, Police officers. Because they can, you can kind of see the human psychology at hand, where you see the cameras where somebody tries and they get a little pushback, another person tries, and then before you know it, everybody's like, "Oh, they don't have it." Right before you know, you know it, oh, we, oh, we have, we are the We're power doing here, this. Right. right? Right, like we are the ones that are actually in control of this situation. Right, they kept on testing the boundaries until they realized. We have the numbers, and there's no help coming, and nothing came for hours. I mean, this was a failure of planning more than right. anything. You know, a lot of people were kind of shitting on the police officer, but in most of the cases, except I'm ex- uh, setting aside the person who was taking selfies with people. But in all other cases, even the ones where they kind of backed down from where the fencing ones, there's nothing you could do. You just kind of have to retreat into a more, you know, like further back. And then right, and there's some there's some videos that get around out of context where it looks like they're literally being welcomed in, but if you look at it from another angle, it's not, right. what's happening. It's not at all what's happening. Right, and they were backing away, I mean, they but were, they were already breaching the the fence. Right, they yeah. were toast. Yeah, right? like they were going to be overwhelmed, so right. they had to run away. Right, and and when they had to stand their ground, like that video that CNN had today, where the cops are like in this little vestibule. And they're being pelted with, like, the flags are being thrown as spears into that area. And then the one guy is dragged out unconscious and beaten with with uh, sticks and clubs and whatnot. Like, what were they going to do? And right. so that's where I sort of understand what people are saying when they say if this had been a, a different colored crowd, that the result would have been different. But if you go and you look at what happened this summer, there weren't any of these and tens according to New York Times tens of millions of people participated in Black Lives Matter protests and in in the wake of George Floyd and and everything that sort of dominoed after that right tens of millions of people in this country allegedly participated in these sorts of protests and city blocks burned right like yeah. real violence real property destruction happened right in Seattle or or Portland or the chop the the yeah that zone. the Chaz the yeah. autonomous zone yeah. thing that these people took over for a week or two right. weeks or whatever the whatever it was like two people were shot in there not by cops no. but because it was an anarchic situation right. and then like yeah like things happen shit happens yeah. when you put a bunch of people who want to have an autonomous zone inside of a city right shit goes sideways but it wasn't because the cops came in and shot a bunch of people up right. right? For all of the horror that was watching the state do violence to protesters over the summer, none of those events ended with a body count of five, right? Right. None of those events ended with a body count higher than what the initial thing was protesting, right? Which is, say, George Floyd. Well, I mean, there have been some occasions where that – like 
the Kenosha, the person did not die or paralyzed, kid but shot two a bunch people, of people died. So like, yeah, but so but, so, but that's the Kenosha. Who did that? That when when you, when you deploy the force, right? It's not like the the cops in Kenosha were mowing down protesters. Right. It yeah. looks terrible. Right. It's a it's a horrifying scene to see. Right. But the point of that is that it's a horrifying scene. The, right. the plan was for us to be horrified by the scene in the same way that it's it's a form of terrorism what these people did, right? Because the goal isn't necessarily to actually it, – it's to inspire fear. The goal of the, polit- of the so-called political action there is to inspire fear to achieve – so that your enemies will allow you to achieve your political ends, right? right. That's what they were doing on the Capitol this week, and that's – it's not that far afield from what was happening in cities across America this summer. And for what it's worth, it's not like those events ended in the police spraying the crowd with bullets. And not to deny that there wasn't violence done, that, that it wasn't a horrifying thing to look at, to watch rubber bullets sprayed into a crowd and to watch people dispersed for no reason from Lafayette Square so that President Trump could walk across and have a photo op, right? But Bill Barr didn't order the shooting of the protest. Like he didn't right. He didn't say clear this with all lethal right, means but, necessary. Right, but... So, what, what, so my question is... Like, how much blood needed to be spilled in this event on Wednesday to justify what's, what, what reads to me as a sort of bloodlust? Is, is, that, because, is that your read on I, cause I thought the criticism was more – and maybe – hopefully I'm not wrong on this. Like, you think people wanted, like, some sort of, like, violent uh, reaction from the cops? I thought it was basically your threat assessment was so off that you were ill-prepared to – plan for something that was known for weeks and months in advance had this been a different context you would not have been ill prepared because your threat assessment would have been these people are dangerous that is the most that is the most generous way of framing what I'm talking about. Right, but and I can't you don't imagine everyone wants people saying, kill the them thing is, like you killed black it's people. It's a no-win because I, people don't want... I saw want... people online saying that they wanted them shot, right? So the and yes, it's just online. And yes, we shouldn't look at Twitter and right. or Facebook and find the worst comments and say that that is somehow representative, right. right? Right. But yeah, I don't think that most of the commentary that I saw was about if this had been black people, you would have been far better prepared and less blood would have spilled, right? Because that's what the, right. that's what the end result would have been right. is that a far beefier police presence likely results in actually less, less blood right. being spilled, right. not more. Because so, and that is not that is not the way that the criticism is being leveled. It's, okay. it's talking about how there would have been a lot more blood spilled okay. if these had been black. The people. other thing, though, is that the police protests, whatever, the Black Lives Matter, they're ultimately against violence. Right. They're protesting violence. There's a, so to, yeah. ex- to bring the full army, I know it's not the army, but to bring the whole gang for people who, what they're saying is that they don't want violence is a little ridiculous right. when you then on the other side, you have people who are not protesting right, Except that violence. it's the same thing, where if you get a crowd big enough with, know, an, no. with enough reactionary elements in any sizable crowd, they're going to be assholes. Of course, I know. Right? Of and that's course how, there are. that's how whole cities burn. But that's- why – but if that's the case, then that should have been true of this crowd more but also equally. 
And for some reason, they didn't act like that. And it's there's a no way to win because I don't think that any actual reasonable person would have wanted more people to die and get hurt. Right. I mean, they just want to not have had it happen. Right. And also, I, again, with this, I, I, I still think this is a unique story. It's, it's kind of hard to compare it to the protest about all of the shootings and, and any other protest because in Michigan, there was an attempt to do something like this for I'm sure the FBI had some chatter online about how they were going to do this. So this was a very unique threat. It wasn't just like, well, maybe they'll just wave their flags and, and get some Chick-fil-A maybe and go Maybe they home. will listen to us is not what they were saying. Right. So it's, it's like they had evidence that something like this could happen. Let's make sure it does not by beefing up law enforcement presence. And right. none of that no, happened. It's, it's, so, abs- it's absolutely a failure of, of – Law enforcement preparation. There's right. no and, doubt about and, that. And as bad as that is, the, the failure, I just hope that it doesn't become anything more where there was deliberateness. Like there wasn't anything to – let's just – let's see the spectacle happen. Well, like 9-11, like where they well, deliberately like inside didn't, kind of thing? Yeah. didn't call the – yeah. <laughs> but also there was um, – just to go, go back to what you're saying, Laurie, about the CEO, about how they have different people. There are certain police – uh, areas across the country, uh, law enforcement agencies that are looking into some of their own cops who went there, not yeah. to defend the cops, but to participate in this, which, oh, you know, sure. if, if it was just for the speech, then, you know, it's their right. I would love to know, and I know that it's knowable, but I don't think I'll ever know it. How many individuals were at Charlottesville yeah. four years ago? And also there, like the percentage of the people who were here that also went there. I, it's it's, oh, it's unknowable a small to number. me. I bet it's, you the militants. It's a small number because there weren't that many people high, here. Right. But like, how many of the people here were also there? Right. I'm sure of and the militants. They'll never tell types. me because it's not a priority. Right. And also, I mean, the again, it's kind of hard to. I'm sure the arrest numbers will go up, but considering the seriousness of what happened. The number of arrests compared to the evidence available to show that you were there and you were participating in this crime is remarkable. Like you would think, I mean, With no masks on. Like just was, wear a mask, right? But I guess, no one will know who you are, right? I think because they were so outnumbered on Wednesday, I can kind of see how let's just protect life now and we'll circle back to arresting the people later. Yeah, but it's of been course. like five days now, and only just. A few more people have been arrested. There was a West Virginia like politician that was arrested and they resigned. There was a few other examples. I think the person that kind of kicked his feet up at uh, Pelosi's desk, he's been arrested. So some of the more high-profile ones have been arrested, but a lot of people— Yeah, well, I think they're prioritizing the big faces. So the right. guy was happily being interviewed about having vandalized Pelosi's desk and office and stealing mail from her and the— the guy in the chest bared bearskin thing that he's that called Bob the, recognized right, I, everyone. I knew who he was right away. Is he the one uh, Jamiroquai had to like distance himself from? Like yeah. not me. <laughs> the Q, the the Q shaman he calls himself. So he makes the uh, rounds in these events. Right. And he he was arrested. And they'll arrest I think that they've arrested over a hundred people already okay. is, is something that I saw. And they'll arrest far more, presumably. But none of that 
matters. Like all of the individual idiots, yes, they should be held accountable for the specific crimes that they did. But what matters is that this is an opportunity for the Republican Party to finally sever itself from Donald Trump, and they're not taking it as the opportunity that it is. Uh, but what Cruz would they do? Hawley, what, what, what do you think would happen to all of the Trump supporters? Wouldn't a lot of these people in, in like weak positions be primary a year from now? Yes, it doesn't that's matter. What I'm saying. It, it, it shouldn't matter, but it does no, matter it doesn't to them because matter. of politicians. It doesn't matter at all. We're in a position right now where the system has either failed completely or it is in the process of failing right. completely. And you just have to do the right thing. You just have to tell the truth. Right? It's, the only, it's the only source of power that we have in a moment like this where the institution is on the verge of total collapse. The only thing that you can do is tell the truth. Right, And I agree with you. Um, I, I do wonder, though— if, they won't believe it. Right. I, I and I'm not, some, being hyper, I'm not being hyperbolic. It seems like possibly there's been a coup. Right. Right? Not the coup that we thought we were getting. Right. But if Mike Pence is ordering the National Guard around, uh, the way that it was reported on Wednesday evening— but I think they walked that, that back since to say it came through the defense secretary who do, is in the line of you know, chain of command. Right, but if Mike Pence is in that conversation and Donald Trump is not, yeah. because Donald Trump is ref is being a petulant little shit, and he wants Mike Pence fucking strung up, uh, figuratively or not, right? right? Uh, he wants Pence punished. He, they haven't spoken yet right. since this happened. And, I, and I'm not since sure a, since right. a mob chanting "Hang Mike." Mike Pence stormed the Capitol building while he was inside, right. and he was secured in a secure location. Donald Trump doesn't have the decency or the balls to get on the phone and talk to Mike Pence about it. And Pence doesn't have the decency or the balls to stand up for himself and demand something of this president who he's served as a loyal toady for the last five years. Do you think that uh, Trump, I mean, it's, I know Trump does not appreciate the seriousness, but some of these politicians themselves do not appreciate how dangerous the situation is for the system that we have, right? Because that would be the only way I can... Because if... I don't care how politically minded you are and how selfish you are. If if you took in what happened on Wednesday as being a, a danger and you're like, still, just so I won't be primary next year, I'm going to do what I'm going to do to protect myself, even knowing that it's, it may... The system may collapse in the near future. They hate because of the this. system. They want the system to collapse. I know that some of the people do. I don't. I can't Matt imagine the Gates politicians want that. Matt just wants to be popular on Instagram. Matt Gates just wants to have right. power right. and have his face in front of as many people as possible. He doesn't give a shit about the system. Right. It's the people like Marco Rubio who you foolishly think, though you may disagree with the senator from Florida on the policies. That they would adhere to some sort of respect for the 250 years of history right. that we share. No, I don't expect that from him. I'm well, surprised when the Republicans, the few that say good things, I'm like, wow, holy shit, that's a person. Do something about it. And then they don't, which doesn't surprise me. Marco Rubio is insisting now that impeaching – and Roy Blunt too – insisting that impeaching Donald Trump – is a sign of disunity from the Democrats. It's just a way to further divide us 
what would they? Okay, so if they, if they, I never understood that. I don't understand this argument because if you agree that what happened is very serious and very dangerous, you're saying let that be it. There's no record in Congress that there was any sort of rebuke, not even a censure. And basically, impeachment now is what a censure used to be. Uh, he's not going to be removed from office because in ten days he's going to be removed from office anyway, right? So this is going to go in the history that an event happened, the president was culpable in inciting this insurrection, and he was impeached for it. But Rubio and the others think, let's kumbaya this and pretend it didn't happen. Right. And to be clear, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are incapable of providing unity here. Right. and, And that's in part because they are not the ones who fucked up, right? Right. So... Not to say that they don't constantly fuck up. Just not in this one instance. It's on Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley to do the unity work here. It's on Mitch McConnell to do the unifying of the country here. Because no one is going to be moved from the position that Donald Trump committed an unspeakable crime against this country by ordering a mob to storm the Capitol and attempt to stop the transfer of power. Right. That's what happened. What you need to do is convince all of his allies to be united in condemning that action. Right. And you must do it in the most forceful way possible. It is on you, Marco Rubio, to do the unifying here. It is not on Nancy Pelosi to let this one slide so that we can move together as a nation into the Biden presidency. The most important thing is that they can't let him be president again. That's all that should matter. Everyone should be working together to make sure that, yeah, I know 10 days were done, but after that, that this can't ever happen again. Right. Also, divisive how? Like, you would think if they came up with a very narrow article of impeachment about incitement of, you know, inciting an insurrection— how is that divisive? Like, who's on the other side of this argument that the president did not? I can kind of see the Ukraine situation being divisive. Well, but he go, because he goes on Fox and he tells Maria Bartiromo that he's somehow being shamed by being asked to impeach this by, by being asked to remove this president. It is somehow him being shamed by the media and by Democrats for the sin of having supported Donald Trump for the last four years, when that's not what it is. And, and, and if you, want, you somehow turn this into a victimization of Marco Rubio when you ask him to hold accountable the man that he helped put in power and keep in power for the last five years, four years, the level of constant self-victimization that goes on in the Republican mind is... You cannot hope to quantify that, it because it's just constant. That seems to be the uh, the, the winning argument. I, I suspect that a lot of this, uh, oh my God, it's going to be divisive thing. They just don't want to go on record. I mean, I don't know what Rubio's got to worry about. They're not going to do anything with it in the Senate. They, they're just going to sit on it. But in the House, a lot of people don't want to vote one way or the other just so they can maintain their plausible deniability because you know they're going to get it on either way. Like if they vote to impeach... They're going to get a primary. If they vote to say this is totally fine, what happened? This catastrophic event is totally fine. That's also not a sustainable position. So they're trying to get them to stop from what they're going to do, anyways, because they don't want to go on record. 
I mean, not that 140 or, or so, the two-thirds of them that already voted to object to the uh, Biden win, but the others, they just don't want to go on the record, and I suspect that's what they're worried about uh, more than anything else. But he must be removed. There must be some way to hold accountable this thing that happened, right? Right. And, and I suspect that uh, the, the 25th the, Amendment is not going to be invoked, although it, it curiously, Pence, through sources, is saying that he hasn't ruled it out. Maybe he's he's just saying that just so Trump— He's just saying that mind. because you don't ever rule out a constitutional right, but option. Also, it, like that, there's that's still just ten, plausible deniability. Right. That's nothing. Right. It's nothing, but it's also the, the fact that it's being communicated is to, just to say that— it's just to suggest that there's some there's somebody still at the wheel. That's right. all that's doing. That's saying you don't think there's don't any worry. messaging to Trump to say just you're not out of the woods. Just ride out the last ten days and and get out of here. That's the thing is I what I don't understand is why Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence aren't saying, look, Mr. President, either you resign and go away, or we will we will impeach you and remove you. And you will be like, I, I guess because just, they're fucking cowards right. as always. Also, What's surprising about that? Right. Also, there is absolutely, positively, no scenario, no scenario where Trump resigns. No scenario. So they can make the the big uh, argument like, "Hey, you're in the shit now, Mr. President. You're weak. We're gonna pounce when we have the strength here." These are your choices. You get forcibly removed or you resign. It would do great damage to his bullshit image of his uh, base that he just resign. Because, I mean, you can't spin that into any sort of strength yeah, thing. He never would. He would never do that. He would rather that they – actually, it may be beneficial you know, with the, the tech news, how yeah. he's been uh, kicked out. It may – help his goofy little argument to say look what the deep state is not only yep. the internet uh censorship but they all colluded to kick me out of the uh white house uh and not because you know they could have just let the clock run out but they did it just to show you you know he can spend it in some sort of like to show their their strength and then he could kind of spin that into something else so like i think the most likely scenario is just the clock will run out, he will be impeached, and they'll sit on it, and they won't move it anywhere in the Senate, because by then he'll be gone. So that he will not pay a price for this? Right. I mean, just other than just the historical record that he'll be the first ever to be impeached twice, you know. I mean, he's got a lot of negatives, but his base will still be there. And the, whatever's left of the Republican Party, and and I don't who's the leader now that the president is going to be going because McConnell's signaled which side he's on, and all the other Yahoo's on the other side. So like, you just have two different leaders. You have Josh Hawley raising a fist to the right. gathered crowd. Right. You have Ted Cruz signaling that he's still with them by continuing to vote. To object to the certification of results. Right. So, yeah, you have that wing, and then you have the McConnell wing. Right. Then you have Mitt Romney. You have Ben Sass. Right. Toomey. Lindsey Graham, who's being yelled at as he strolls through the airport, saying that the, <laughs> the crowd is chanting at him that his life is over. This is the rest of your life, Lindsey. Right. By the way, there, there needs to be one of the first things they need to do in the Biden administration is to make certain changes to protection and security. So, like, the president gets lifetime uh, security. I believe the vice president only gets it for six months, and it can be extended 
they can't ha- leave it at six months for Pence. Like these crazies, somebody will try something. They need to extend that, and then they need to have some sort of uh, discretion where the leadership of either party can give security details to high-profile types like uh, AOC and Schiff and whomever else. Because right now it's just like if you're like in the majority or if you're in the leadership, rather, you get protection. Everybody else is just kind of on their own. Um, so think about for a second how insane it is that Donald Trump is furious at Mike Pence. It's remarkable. Isn't it? He's really believing his own shit then, right? I mean, otherwise, why? if he knew that this was all just a ruse in private, why would he be mad at somebody when they know they couldn't have done anything anyways on the 6th, right? So he must be believing his own nonsense for him to be mad. Because, like, why else would you be mad? Right? You would be mad because you're incapable of accepting responsibility for the circumstances of your own life, right? right. And you, you have to put that fury somewhere. Right. So there's no logical – it doesn't have anything to do with what he believes about whether or not the election was stolen. It's just that he needs a place to put the bad. And where he's going to put the bad is on the guy that he – decided in his stupid brain had the power to change his circumstance right. even if at no point did mike pence actually possess that power so he literally just wanted is i know they have the chant of stop the steal his gambit was to steal right just just he couldn't find the votes because they weren't there so his last gambit is vice president steal for me overturn the results and he didn't do right. that, and that is unforgivable to the point where not only are, are they not on speaking terms, he wasn't even at all concerned about his safety when he was in the building that was being attacked. Um, and I think it took him until Sunday for the flags to be lowered to, you know, in honor of the cop who died. You know, so it's like he seems to just be in his own world, and whenever somebody comes to him for some minor thing like can we lower the, the flags he can't be bothered like i'm still stewing over the other thing you know because in his mind that's all that matters our inability to make a clean break from trump after this and by our i mean our country and in like particular the unwillingness of the republicans to do the clean break is it, this was this was the moment right this was this was our off ramp right. as a culture from now it's not to say that there wouldn't be a lot of really pissed off people right it's not to say that these people would suddenly disappear but if we can't stand up as a country and as a culture and say that this is anathema right. to us and who we are and who we imagine ourselves to be, even if it's all made up bullshit, right? Even if we've only been a functional, uh, truly multiracial democracy for the last 50 years since the Civil Rights Act, right? Even if it's all nonsense, if we can't do that in this moment, then it's just done. But I think not, not, not going to be done someday in the future, but the die is cast. Right. The cake is baked as i've said it's just done i said if you if you were to take uh, set aside the republicans that haven't changed their positions all other entities have like i mean the tech companies have responded there's been a lot of i mean there's been some overreach uh you know i think the trump a Trump property is hosting a PGA tournament. So it seems like the, the the strategy for everyone not a Republican seems to just be to shun Trump. 
Like he is like uh, an outcast because they're treating but him almost as an outcast. You need the Republicans to do it. Right. You need them to be part of this process. He must be purged. Right. And if congressional establishment Republicans are unwilling to participate in that purge, are unwilling to say this was a mistake, they can even stand up and say that we think the media was nuts and got it wrong and the Democrats were on a witch hunt for the last five years because they didn't like what happened in 2016 and they're just butthurt about their girl Hillary getting her ass kicked. But this is different. You frame it however you want. For one day in 2021, you have to stand up and say – this is unacceptable, right. that Donald Trump went too far, and it's not our fault, right? It doesn't, they don't have to take ownership of it. I'm not demanding that they strip off their clothes and rend their garments and smack themselves over the back with a whip and, and atone for their sins. They need to participate in the purge, though. Right. They need to be the authors of the purge of eliminating Donald Trump from their side. I think that would, it's on them. Right. And I think that would be the best thing to happen, but they probably, at least some of them are not going to do that because they think that it means that they were culpable because they were egging this whole thing on in different, you know, degree, you know, it wasn't the same to the same degree, but like they were kind of playing Just this like up too. Just like our 7, 8-year-old son, he thinks that by apologizing, it means that he did it on purpose, which is not what apologizing means. It just means you're fucking sorry. Right, that's it, yeah. yeah. You did something bad. Right. Whether it was on purpose right. or not doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. They won't do it because right. they're assholes. Yeah. And they're, again, I go back to they're just, they cared only about their political career, and especially in, in the House, every two years. So we're already in 21. So next year, if they say... Yes, this is impeachable. The president went beyond whatever. Some Yahoo's gonna primary them, and they should just say fine. You know that that I'm gonna I'm willing to, you know, take that risk and lose and become a lobbyist or whatever the hell they do after this. But like, it's going to happen anyway. This is the point I was trying to make last week. You will be primaried anyway. There will be a Marjorie Taylor Greene right. around the corner coming for you next. Right. Because this, unless you complete the purge, right, unless you say that we simply won't stand for this nonsense, then they will continue to come for you because you will never be pure enough because there will always be someone who's willing to be more reactionary than you are willing to be, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. There will always be some – and when Marjorie Taylor Greene tries to primary Brian Kemp next year – for the the Georgia governorship race, she's I don't not, know that she'll succeed. I don't know that she'll succeed, right. but she got seventy five percent of the vote in her congressional race, right. right? Because she's in a part of the country where she can just probably get reelected uh, essentially forever. Right. But she will, like the the lunatic fringe, so called element, is only going to rise higher and higher in stature and power in the party in the years. Do, to do come. you think so? Because like without Trump being at the helm. I'm not sure because basically all of this the last two months about stop the steal and whatever has just been him. If he just said, bummer, I lost, none of this would have happened. No one else was like, no, Mr. President, you're wrong. There was a fraud. The only reason why they're saying this is because he said it. And then they made this uh, this weird reality and it's parroted in all the media that they listen to. But if he just said, 
well, the media got what they wanted, right? They, you know, they buried the Hunter Biden story. You know, I mean, he'll still make the claim that it was fraudulent in that sense, that the media had it in for me and they finally got what they wanted. But ultimately, the numbers are what the numbers are. None of this would have happened. Uh, and so, like, when he leaves office, he'll still play a role. I mean, I don't know now how when he didn't have any sort of outlet on social media, but it won't be the same. And so I wonder if this will continue. There'll still be some crazy QAnon types, but I'm not sure if this is going to grow. I think it's going to be what it is now. And maybe that's just be being naive or hopeful. If the social media companies are the ones who are responsible for this purge, then it will only have made the problem worse. Right? If it if it's on Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos to make sure that Marjorie Taylor Greene can't get her message out, right. rather than it being on the leadership of the Rep- Republican Party uh, to make sure that her, she's not welcome in in polite company. Right. Like this can't this we cannot foist all of this on the tech overlords. Right. And, and it should be noted the tech overlords are just throwing the smaller tech companies under the bus to get ahead of any possible legislative solution, right? So they kind of see the writing on the wall, so they're telling these smaller companies like you behave so that Government, the government won't tell us to behave or break us up or do something. So I think in many ways, like what the companies have done, you know, getting rid of all of these different accounts is to say, see, we can police ourselves. We don't need the government to do anything uh, or to interfere or to break anything up. Uh, I don't think it's because it's the right thing to do. It's been the right thing to do for many, many years. If somebody violates your own terms of service, but you find some weird argument why they should stay. And after all of these years, they get rid of Trump for some very flimsy arguments. Like, that don't make any sense. And there are other accounts that people are pointing to. They also violate the terms, and they're not doing shit about that. So it's like it's been very inconsistent. It's just they wanted a certain outcome, and they just made up the reasons after the fact. Right. Twitter Twitter points at a tweet where one of the president's last tweets is, I will not be attending the inauguration of the, the inauguration on January 20th. And they point to that as an incitement to violence and one of the reasons why they had to permanently suspend Which is ridiculous, right? So the argument Twitter is, account. I'm not going to be there that day, so have at it, violent criminals. Is that the reading between the lines? Right. Whereas it, surely, like, I'm going to show up, uh, it's going to be wild, would be a much more <laughs> <What>? serious incitement <laughs> to violence, potentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, they could have pointed to any other example, but they had to find an example that was after Wednesday. Because if they pointed to something before then, it's like the question would be, well, why didn't you get rid of them then? And you can point to a thousand examples in the last four years that were before Wednesday, uh, but they didn't get rid of them. So they had to find something. They, there wasn't much to go off of, so they just pointed to that and say, oh, if you read between the line, it's very obvious. It's like, no, it's not. Right, but the notion that we're going to rely on these companies to do the job of of making sure that the like that what exactly? Right. Like what what are they stepping in to do exactly? Right. And also all of these companies they're being treated as if they're the same, but they're they're not. Twitter is one social media company, a very popular one, but they don't really control other things and so if they get rid of somebody, you can take your crazy post elsewhere, right? 
Apple, they control the App Store, right? Google, they control the Play Store in the Android market. Amazon, the Amazon Web Services, we, we've spoken about the public square before. What I, my position is that the internet is the public square, and then the companies, specific companies, are basically like private companies that are that have some prime real estate around the public square. So it's still a private company, but they're basically positioned to where they have a lot of influence over the public square. That, that, right, unless there are three companies that own the infrastructure that undergirds right. the actual public square. Right, so, so Twitter is just one real estate property on the public square. Apple, if the public square, so just if you'll humor me, if the public square is basically like an island, Apple and Amazon and Google, they control the bridge or the ferry that people use to navigate to and from. So they can just do whatever they want. Apple, if they get, get rid of you from the App Store, there is no other path to reach any iPhone user. Google, at least you have some a third-party apps, but you know they're not as popular, but at least you have a path in. What Apple did, which is come up with a bullshit 24-hour thing, clean your stuff up, and when they did something, they said, that's not enough, and they kicked them out. I think they just did that for legal reasons to say, we gave them an opportunity. But right, we're talking about the app. We're talking about the app Parlor, which is an alternative microblogging site. It needs to be said that it's spelled P A R L E R, right. which is a stupid way to spell it. <laughs> I think it's like a double pun. I think is the idea there that they're going. They want it to be. They want it to be the French the French spelling? word for talking because right. they want that connotation. But they also want the connotation of like a. A cigar cloakroom or whatever, where it's like a parlor where everybody can gather to talk. I think that's the joke that they're making. They're getting at. But it's not, it's whatever. It just needs to be said because when you just say it, it sounds like you're saying a word, parlor, but you're not. You're saying P-A-R-L-E-R. <laughs> at least they didn't spell it P-A-R-L-Y-R, which is like, you know, with all of these other stupid – or they didn't eliminate three vowels unnecessarily. Right. But so now parlor, this parlor is not available at all unless you already have it and you're not going to get any of the updates because it's not going to update. So – Apple cannot do that unless they allow third-party app, an app store that people can use. So they need to provide either another way to the public square, right? Because all of the iPhone users, they won't have an opportunity to. Right, except Apple will say that if you want to be part of our community, if you want to access the internet by using one of our devices, then you will have – you yourself as a consumer will have certain standards and that's part of being an apple person right right the, it's, the, is that right but the app store you have a monopoly on the app store right right but what 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 tim cook will say to that is your you know in the same way that we value privacy right apple is known they've been uh, they've made a great big deal out of saying that we're never going to give a backdoor into our system everything is going to be encrypted and you can rest assured that anything that you do on an Apple phone will not get into the wrong hands because we don't even know what the hell's going on on your Apple phone, so we can't tell anybody about it. Right. That's a marketing decision that they've made, right. and for to whatever extent it's true, who actually knows? But in the same way, they will make the same argument about this, which is that this is this is our sandbox, and yes, we often lower the drawbridge out to the public square in the form of these apps. 
but not if Did those it? apps aren't going to regulate in certain now, ways, and we're going to make that decision. Right. So then, what what if they say, okay, since you're so big on these uh, apps, need to regulate their own. Anything that's on your platform, you have to like going back to the Section 230. I mean, they're not in a very strong position, these companies, because the same argument that they're making about the smaller tech companies can be made about them. Maybe not so much Apple, but like Google and uh, some of the other companies like Facebook. Are you responsible for what's said there? You know, from a government point of view, like, could you be held responsible or liable for any sort of hate speech? You're going to say no. And there's no adequate way for us to, you know, we're trying, but there's no adequate way to stop everything. I mean, Parler could have made that same argument to Apple, but it didn't work. But with Apple, wasn't there a a monopoly case like 20 years ago with uh, Microsoft where Internet Explorer right. was the only path into the Internet and say that part of the company you have a monopoly on, so you can't make that decision. So whatever value judgments you want to make – it's not your decision to make. The people can decide for themselves what app they want to choose. So, if you, the only app that the only app store that exists on the Apple ecosystem, if you're denying people, then you have to allow third-party apps like Google does, because otherwise it just doesn't work. You cannot have it both ways. You can't just say our way is the only way, and you're going to follow whatever rules we come up with. What you're, I think what you're getting at is that they effectively become a publisher right. who would right. who would be liable in the same ways that news companies are liable. Right. And I think, like I said, the, the best the best path forward for these companies is to have a third-party app. You know, Most people are not going to use it, but you can point to it and say, Parler, you're not out of the woods, you know, because like, Parler has no way in with the iOS environment ecosystem. The only path is through Google's third-party apps which hardly anyone uses, but at least, you know, there's a path. And they can point to that and say they have, the, you know, the, the same opportunity to sell or, or you know, have their app on, on, on the third-party app, you know, something like that. But like I said, there needs to be a distinction made between the Facebooks. Uh, and Facebook probably should just be broken up anyways, you know, because they're throwing their weight around through Facebook with, with the WhatsApp. You know, they're saying that you have to – agree to whatever terms to where some of your data can be used cross platform because they own all these different companies, you know, so things like that need to change, but Twitter on its own, do whatever you want. I don't think Twitter on its own can do whatever it wants in that way. I think that Twitter is in fact more public square than it, than you are suggesting that it is. I don't necessarily agree with what has become the accepted understanding of the First Amendment, which is that if you are a company, that you can automatically decide who gets in the door, essentially, right? Because it's not the case that I can open up a storefront and discriminate at my own discretion according to a terms of service that is 47 pages long that nobody ever reads who comes and goes from my business right right but but it's not without consequence those actions what i'm saying is twitter is exposed to consequence they're they're a big 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 company so yes i agree that it's harder for them to collapse than some smaller company would but it is not without consequence so the choice is let the consequence come from the user versus because the only other thing that we could do is some sort of government intervention, right? 
And so that can be the path forward with Twitter. With the other companies, yes. Yeah. And I, I don't even like that we ended up talking about the parlor stuff and the Twitter stuff because I think that it is so entirely beside the point. I think that it's the same as Marco Rubio and Roy Blunt complaining about the way the media has treated Donald Trump over the last four or five years. You can leave it out of the episode. It's just, it's a molehill next to a mountain that was the events of Wednesday and what followed. And it's just so clear to me that we have been gifted this incredible opportunity to finally purge ourselves of Donald Trump as a culture and we are failing to take advantage of it. Why do you group? Don't say we. It's them. They're doing it. They have an opportunity. Right. Everyone is not doing it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think too. I would love to. Most of us would love to. The Republicans who are mean and terrible won't let us. Right. I mean, this was uh, like Bob. You're saying this. This is a perfect off ramp. It's the end of. I mean, his presidency is almost over. Like, if anything, this is like a perfect like virtue signaling opportunity to kind of correct course and say oh this is too far like mulvaney has what done what came what got over him what came in what what is it what got into me what got into right. me right it's just like oh weird but like too many people and that's the problem <laughs> that was happening for many years we've kind of talked about how everything that trump was do- a lot of the things he was doing any one event you can kind of isolate but like it had a corrosive effect and the system is weakened and this kind of thing can happen. Like you, it'd be hard to imagine like five, six years ago that this kind of thing would happen in America. But constantly, all of the digs he was saying how institutional failures are against me. I'm not. They're not after me. They're after you. I'm just standing in the way. Like a lot of these, it just kind of captured the imagination of so many people in the base. But when the politicians see an opportunity like this, bullshit works. People love this, you know. They eat it up. Even, you know, when the two Senate races were, were going on in in Georgia, a lot of the times people, when, when they showed up to those events, they weren't there for Leffler and Purdue. You know, anytime they would have a Q and A situation, they would always bring up, "What are you doing to help the president from the stop? You know, the steel thing. You know, like their minds are totally captured by Trump's worldview." Part of that is because for all of the anti-establishment cred that they rightfully have, that Trump and his people rightfully have, part of the reason that tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people in this country are, are still supporting him is because of the extent to which the establishment refuses to acknowledge that it's not okay, right? That, that what Trump has done is completely but unacceptable. Is that, because the thing is, okay— from what I see, a lot of the criticism is like the media is being unfair towards Trump. They're too negative towards Trump. And if anything, they, they do pull punches a lot more because he does so many shitty things that they – every now and again, they'll have to kind of downplay something he does just so that they're not sounding like they're cra- – like this guy did another stupid thing today. So like sometimes they'll downplay certain things. So if anything, they're being more charitable towards Trump just so they can make it look like there's some sort of balance. So I can't imagine that the argument is the opposite, like that, you know, they were kind of carrying water for him. Uh, because a lot of times, I mean, I guess it depends on what news sources that you watch, because a lot of the outlets, you know, they said exactly, basically the same talking points that Trump has, that they're stealing this and this and this and that, and the talk radio right, but I, I, thing. 
A society cannot survive if we're constantly worried about what's going to happen when the people who are not existing in the same reality are told that the world that they live in is a lie, right? right? That it, then we just inhabit the crazy world, right? right? Then that's just the place that we all live in now because we are unwilling to tell them collectively, the people who know better, that the things that you believe are not true. Right. And you need to be able, if you're going, like, and I don't want to sound crazy hyperbolic here, but like, we, we can, it, it is not, it, it's not survivable as a culture or as a country to just onboard Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and I keep using her name because she's most ready to hand, right. but the, the Lauren Boberts and the, and uh, yes, the Ted Cruz's and the Josh Hawley's who are the ones who are enabling the utterly crazy people right. to catch on in the underbrush. You know, they're, they're plan- I mean, they're the cynical type. I think the Marjorie types are just crazy. And, you know, you have a representative for, of, of government that she's a represent, you know, she represents a lot of people that think in that way. So this, you know, I don't know what else you could do to prevent this onboarding. I mean, the, she says crazy things. People are receptive to the crazy thing, and they vote her in. So, I'm not sure what you could do about that. I, I guess every what, like every time you cover her, you're gonna say, "By the way, she's fucking crazy." Like, how would you cover somebody like that? The people who maintain the power in the institution have to point it out at every turn, right? They have to say, Marjorie Taylor Greene will get zero responsibility in Congress as long as she continues oh, to espouse these crazy views. Right. Matt Gates will get no committee assignments ever because he's continuing to lie about the results of the 2020 election. Ted, Mitch McConnell needs to say, Ted Cruz, you're off of whatever committees you right. were on before, right. right? I think that's... Josh Hawley, yeah. you get nothing from institutional Republicans as long as anyone who continues to perpetuate the lie that Donald Trump won in a landslide is not welcome in the Republican Party because we're trying to save the right. Republic. Do you think that uh, McConnell and, and McCarthy, do they have the stomach for it? Because what do you think is going to happen no. in this... McCarthy clearly does right. not. Th- McCarthy... Yeah. Was back to his bullshit right. afterwards. Right. And I think they're having some sort of meeting in the coming week. Do you think that – because, you know, Hawley and Cruz are not going to resign. They're not going to be expelled. So the only other things that are left – I don't even know if they have a mechanism for a censure in the Senate. Do you think that at any cost, like, do they lose any sort of, like, ranking, any sort of chairmanship or anything like that? Or is it going to just – Nothing's going to happen. I don't know because the question that you're asking me is do I think that the Republican Party can survive this? And I think that the only way that they can is if Hawley and Cruz and Gates and Mo Brooks and Marjorie Taylor Greene and the 145 other Republicans or whatever the final tally ended up being who continued to support this lie that resulted in what we saw on Wednesday – Right, right. As long as they are welcome in the party, I think I don't think right. that it's but a survival. But that's a majority event. of right. them, right? Yeah, in the house, yes. it's a majority. Yeah. Then you can't unwelcome them when they're the yeah. ones in charge. It's like most of them, yeah. You can't throw your weight around if you're in the minority. I think in the Senate, it's only seven senators, though. It's only seven senators. Like, let's not downplay the power of the institution. No, 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 no. no. In the House, most of them are for the crazy stuff. So you can't do anything in the House. In the Senate, most of them, you can cobble off enough senators to to reprimand in some way 
the Hawleys and the Cruz. So it's, it's a different thing depending on whether it's the Senate or the House. The House is a lost cause because most of them that are in the Republican caucus are for this nonsense. So even if they – I mean I didn't, you couldn't replace a McCarthy because most of them are for him. But even if you could, there's not enough support to do anything to Gates and the others. Right. So then the conclusion is that we're just fucked. Right. Because I, I don't I don't think that you can come back from this without if, – if there are no consequences to this ultimately, if he just gets to go away and go to Florida and plan his next four years and talk about how he's going to run for president again and that all of his supporters continue in the fashion that they've continued in for the last five years, I don't – Do you think that there's – the only – because I don't see a, any of these politicians in the Republican Party doing the right thing, so – that's not going to be the path. I suspect that if they do some sort of investigation of what happened that led up to the 6th of January and other investigations into – I mean I guess you can only go so far in investigation, investigating Trump. But if there is some sort of cost that Trump will pay, it will be through that, through the courts – through some sort of investigation airing of, of events. Except we, we have already seen from Marco Rubio, who you would think would be one of the ones who would help the thing happen. If the purge was going to happen, it would come from the people like Marco Rubio in the Republican Party. We've already seen him say that it is against the principle of unity to continue to talk about Donald Trump's sins to t- and his crimes. That even bringing it up is just a way to further divide us, right? right? That's what they're saying already. Right. And it's and it's 5 days removed from the thing that happened when Marco Rubio was sitting in the Senate chamber right. as a mob stormed right. the building. Yeah, that's that's what's remarkable, you know, he's saying that 5 days after the votes that were cast happened hours after if this is what they're saying now, I suspect when all the poll the internal polls come out There'll be some support for Trump still, and so they're going to continue this. I think there isn't a political solution yet until people kind of snap out of this delusion, and it's going to take a little bit longer than, than Trump's four years in office. Right. The, par- the party is done. But I think if, you, if this, the civil war thing happens, like they'll need to put Humpty Dumpty back together because the party will die. You know, you can't have— the Trump wing at war with the regular Republicans because then every other election, the Democrats will win, right? So they'll need to kind of come up with a, some sort of truce to say we have to go one way or the other, and we don't even have Trump anymore. Why not go the normal Republican way, right? The head of the crazy Trump era is gone. Why are we still taking this approach? None of you can carry Trump's legacy you don't have the personality for it you know so why are we even trying to do something we can't do why not just go back to the, our regular shit and start talking about the deficit or whatever other nonsense today is the 10th we record again on monday the 18th i guess what do we think is, is this is the drama done i always say we don't want to get into stupid predictions here that's all we do right but that's what we're here right. for so the impeachment proceedings will take place right in the week between this episode and the next? Right. The House will vote. He will be impeached by the House of Representatives before the end of next of this coming and week. by the time we're recording, Trump will likely either be on the way or already in Florida. 
Right. Right. He will be gone from Washington. And then the only other thing would, would be whatever they were saying, you know, because one of the arguments Twitter made is that they were, based on the information, some of the posts, there was some sort of event that was going to take place on the 17th, which is a Sunday, and then maybe something right. on and the I 19th. I saw a lot of chatter about the 19th. Right. And also on the on 19th. Pa- so parlor. We'll be sandwiched in between those two dates, you know, so either something will have already happened, some sort of event, and, and maybe the 17th that I saw was. Because it's a weekend, maybe they can get more people than a Tuesday. But Tuesday also works because it's a day before Biden is sworn in. And by then, I suspect the police presence is going to be through the roof because Obama, Bush, Pence, Clinton, all these people, Biden, they're all going to be there. They're not going to just let people just lollygag around, you know. And since it's going to be a mostly TV kind of thing like thanksgiving where this yeah i mean it works out nicely that there were, wasn't going to be a big crowd anyway. right so it kind of does work for this occasion but they're going to be pretty strict so i'm not sure what sort of protests they can have on the 19th but who knows maybe something will come of it but other than that i'm not sure there's you know there's not gonna be a resignation the 25th will not be invoked so the impeachment and then the running out of the clock and that's it what do you, do you think Anything outside of just what those two things are is going to happen? No, I think it's most likely that it's an impeachment that doesn't go anywhere and there won't be a resignation. Trump is planning to spend the next week celebrating all of his many successes. (laughs) He's going to Texas to give a speech in front of a completed section of border wall. Uh, Ironically or appropriately, he's going to not the Alamo, but to Alamo, Texas. Is this current yeah, information? Has, has, are, are, is he going to go through with it? I, I, for some reason, I was thinking he's just going to just be in hiding, just playing golf or whatever. Oh no, the plan is for the the plan is for him to step back into public life here in the next few days for, for the next week or so. So okay, then that kind of he's, changes the he, calculus because as we as I text as we texted about, he thinks that this is just a news cycle. He thinks that he can just wait it out. And that something else will come up, that he can be outrageous or something else will happen. And this, what happened on Wednesday will just go but, away. Okay. Because that's what's always happened. Right. right? It's, and he's, he's often managed to do it by creating the next news cycle himself. And because he doesn't have Twitter any longer to help in that effort, he's going to have to say it in front of television so, cameras. Okay. If he were to go to these events, there's no way he's not going to talk about the fraudulent election and this and that, right? Like, he never just sticks to the topic at hand. Like, if it's a ceremonial thing, he'll always work in some sort of political issue of the day into it. If it's this victory lap that he's taken about the wall that wasn't completed, right? He's not just going to talk about the wall. He's going to say... I was very magnanimous. I'm going to leave on the 20th. Many people didn't think so, blah, blah, blah. And then he would work into, I disagree because it's stolen. And he just, I'm not sure if that's that's a helpful right. thing. And the feedback from the crowd is not going to be a, a shameful reproach, right? They're not going to turn their backs on him right. and say, this isn't what we came for. We came to celebrate your great victory and to see you be humble and happy about being on the and, way and out. They're going to cheer, cheer. with bloodlust in and their what voice. If, what if one of those cheers turns into hang Mike Pence? Is he going to do the stepping away from the mic thing like that where he kind of takes – takes in whatever people are saying or are you going to say no 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 that's a step too far let's not kill my number two 
Right. I just, this seems like a terrible idea. They're going to put him back in public this week. I don't doubt it for a second. I'd be surprised, but we'll see. That, I mean, I just don't know how that could, you don't need to like, your supporters are going to support you no matter what. Why not just write out this next 10 days and then when Biden inevitably starts making the mistakes or decisions that you disapprove of, you can then get on the campaign trail and I would have done it differently. He's releasing all the vaccines and now they don't have a second dose. You know, like he can find something, you know, some angle in, but I just don't know if he's doing himself any favors if he goes out right now. He may not appreciate the gravity of the situation, but some of his handlers must know this is... Who is left? He's not talking to Pence anymore. Yeah, that's true. Who's left is Stephen Miller. Who's 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 left? He's not talking to McConnell. He's talking to Stephen Miller. He's talking to his shitty fucking family. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. Talking to his personal fucking bag man, his bodyguard. <laughs> like that's No, you it. know what? You're right. I and, think you, and yeah. he's and he's on the phone with Lou Dobbs and Sean Hannity. Then, then then this this event or events that he's having next week makes more sense. Cause if he's not getting some input from somebody saying, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you not know what danger you're in? I mean, this is the, the most perilous week of his presidency. And he's going to go out there and inflame. If Kellyanne Conway can take this as the off-ramp that it so obviously is, right? Yeah. But Marco Rubio can't. Like, like, yeah. we, like the, the level of fuckedness cannot be it's overstated. Yeah. I don't know what's remarkable about it. It's the most predictable thing. Well, you would think Trump has nothing left of use for a, a Rubio. So, like, this is not exactly profiles and courage for Kellyanne and Mulvaney, right? I mean, literally the last off-ramp after many, many off-ramps. And you're, but at least you're, you can make the case that this is a lot different than a lot of other situations. But if you're still sticking on after this, then... It's not even make the case. It is fundamentally different. Because it ha- because the the real thing manifested right right and that's not to deny the pain and suffering that Donald Trump has caused in the last five years to recognize that this is fundamentally different from everything that came before. Right. If you can't see that, if you can't separate in your mind uh, whining about Trump's style or whatever, or about Trump's tweets or about things that he didn't say when he should have said, if you can't separate that from an attempted assault on the Capitol building while lawmakers were inside during the certification right. of the votes for your <laughs> opponent. Like, I, I don't like yeah. the joke is that if you if you translated this into a foreign language and, and ran it on a foreign news service about some other country, that America would be properly horrified by and it. And it would be called, you like, know, a coup attempt or by the way, can I just yeah. Uh, commend all of the, at least all of the headline writers that I've seen, uh, for the restraint that they showed of not using the Q data. You know, like this, like the queuing on. I haven't seen one headline <laughs> use that because I guess it's too serious of a thing to make a joke like that. That's what I said, fucking Wednesday. The bummer, the biggest bummer about this is that you can't even make a good movie about it because it's too stupid. It's too, yes, like it's funny. Right. It's too funny. Right. Those idiots running around the Capitol, it doesn't even work as a movie. Right. But even like... It's so sad. As a, as a live TV experience. Now, you know, 
Wednesday, I was like working and I was like looking at the TV the whole time. I was like, it just kept on getting worse and worse. I was like, where is his head? So like, you had the TV on all day anyway? Yeah, but it's like there's no audio and there's no sound. And then yeah. when I, I remember that they were going to do, I just wanted to see what would happen at the beginning with Pence and uh-huh. who would object. And then they whisked yeah. somebody away. And I was like, what is happening? They closed the doors. Like that whole like four hours was just nuts. So you were watching like C-SPAN. Well, I was watching CNN at first and then I was flipping around. I went to C-SPAN and then I went to like Fox News and MS. I was just, what is going on? Like it was just pandemonium. I've never seen things just fall apart where it's just like, wow, they are not prepared. This at is all. exactly what I wanted to get right, to. Like, Bob, when, what did you... When were you watching? Were you watching all day anyway? Yes, I was watching all day because I knew that some crazy shit was going to happen. And Did, so I was watching... You, you were expecting that this was... Because I know we've talked about the stupid two He's been and something saying was happen- he's yeah. so excited for this But six. in my head, I was like, there's just no way. Like, there would be some sort of nonsense grandstanding inside, but there would not be this... I mean, I'm watching Don Jr. give a speech in front of some unnumbered thousands of right. people saying that you've got to fight, you've got to be strong, you've got to take it to these pussies. Right. I'm watching Rudy Giuliani get on there and say, we're going to have trial by combat. Right. I'm watching Donald Trump get up there and say, we're go- we, me and you, are going to march down the street. And, like, and this is a small gripe, a small piece of media criticism. Washington Post, the first big timeline story that they put together the night of the, the and the day after it's tweeted out by their reporters and the reporter says friends don't let friends come up with their own narrative of what happened by piecing it together on twitter here's the definitive rundown of what happened as reported by half a dozen of our best reporters right. who local in washington who are on the scene trust that the day. experts not like and then you cl- yeah all the posts trust the experts don't listen to the idiots on Twitter. Trust the experts. Okay, I said, <laughs> foolishly, clicking the link. And there's a lie in the first sentence of the story, right? right? There's a, a clear, factual inaccuracy in the very first sentence. And I'm going to see if I can find it here. First, the tweet. The tweet says, please, please, please do not let your friends and family piece together an account of what happened today from posts or conspiracies on social media. Send them our story. It's the joint work of dozens of reporters who were on the ground. And I foolishly click the link. And yes, it's bylined to like six people. (laughs) January 7th, 2021 at 1230 in the morning. As President Trump told a sprawling crowd outside the White House that they should never accept defeat, Hundreds of his supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in what amounted to an attempted coup that they hoped would overturn the election he lost. The as is what you're taking exception to? Of course the as is what I'm taking exception to. This wasn't, this other thing is happening over here while this other thing happens over there. This was a a clear causal chain, which is that the president gave a speech where he insisted that his supporters should march down to the Capitol and then do stuff. And then that's what happened, right? That's not as Trump is talking to the crowd that hundreds of his supporters were beating down the doors of the Capitol building. No, that's wrong, Washington Post. Although I would imagine that, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen— it's probably what caused this, right? Too many people yeah. chiming in and kind of... The first sentence? 
It sounds good, is the thing. It sounds good. Anyway, yes, I was watching the whole thing unfold as it happened. I, uh, I don't usually have my computer screen going while I'm supposed to be proctoring the kids. But given my level of interest in what in the world was going on, I was watching the Rudy speech and the Don oh Jr. speech and then the Trump speech. Wow. And On Fox? How were you watching it? I don't know. Wherever I could okay. find it. On Twitter, mostly, probably. I, okay. was, I was just that finding stream, whatever yeah. stream I could okay. find of, of the thing as it was happening. So this was even before, because like the, the actual session started at 1, right? So they had the 11 o'clock. Right. So yeah, that's where I started, the 1 o'clock. I was like, oh, yeah. this should be fun, just the formality. Yeah, fun. Yeah. No, what really, what really forced me to tune in was when the Rudy dropped the trial by combat line. I was like, okay, I guess I'm paying attention yeah. to this for the rest of the day. <laughs> also, does Rudy Giuliani know what that means? Like, he would not last very long. He doesn't know anything. Unless it's like, uh, he, he's like, uh, remember that Game of Thrones, like that small guy, the Lannister? He had somebody else fight for Tyrion? him. Maybe that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Get a stronger guy to fight on my behalf. Anyway, I knew beforehand that there was no properly preparing to talk about this, despite having been swimming in it for the last five days. And it's because of the distinct lack of power to do anything that the three of us have, yeah. right? It's not our fucking job to do anything except to watch it and be outraged by it. And I don't think that, I don't think I can overstate what would be an appropriate level of outrage. This is this is rule of law ending stuff. The, the inability to hold accountable the chief executive as he attempted to stop the transition of power to the next guy despite a perfectly lawful election going on. It's, uh, it's, it's, if, we're, if we're not going to hold that to account, then we don't have the thing that we pretend to have anymore. Right. Can I please share my personal experience Yes, what was your personal experience, For fuck's sake. <laughs> it's a tease, Lori. This is how we get people to stay on. Yeah. So, remember I specifically took election week off so that I wouldn't have to deal with, like, major news events right. at my job, which is talking to people about surface-level right. stuff unless you really agree and then you talk about deeper right. stuff. Like, it's, it's awful. Yeah. My first client on Wednesday, which you guys correctly predicted, well, Bob did, even though he backdoored it with incorrectly, we woke up and Wednesday was good. Wednesday was going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my first client was a girl from Brazil who was exactly as gorgeous as you're picturing her. Okay. Just like perfect Brazilian hot girl. Very, like, shy and sweet. She's getting her PhD in, oh, what did she say? Material chemistry. That's what it is. So she's from Brazil, getting her PhD here. And I asked if she was going to ever go back. And she was like, I would prefer to not go back to Brazil because it sucks there. Because I don't like the president there. And you guys are about to get a new one. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, and things are going really uh, yeah. well. because." And I got to, like, take a few minutes to explain how, like, Congress and Senate right. works, which I'm not great right. at. And it was this very optimistic, because by the time she left, 
the decision was made. Like we knew both elections had been called. It was right. like, all right, oh, that's cool. right. Yeah, yeah. Everything was going really well. Bye. I hope you get to stay in America. Right. And then my next client came, and she's like an older lady who is fine. And she was like, I'm worried about all these crazy people in D.C. And I was like, oh, they won't do anything. Yeah, will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything went bad. And the only reason I knew is because I was texting Julia on the Gmail. And at a point, she says, so the protesters have breached the Capitol, apparently. <laughs> and... I said, I hope they're very proud of themselves. And she said, well, they are proud boys, which is true. <laughs> and then at 2.45, she texts, Lori, this is very bad. Right. And that's right when I had a break. I had an hour and a half, which never happens. And I went and sat in my car and watched YouTube TV on my phone. Of what was happening. Yeah. And then I had to go back in. And act like everything was fucking cool for another, like, hour. Right. It sucks. It's, yeah. It's like, wow, things are getting worse and worse. I think I texted yeah. my brother. It's like, I think the Senate has fallen. And he was like, what? It's like, oh, just turn on the TV. <laughs> it's, right. like, it's such a bummer. Explain to me how the country's not over, Abe. It's Because usually bad things happen, and then time goes on, and then things kind of patch up. It's kind of like it's a very dysfunctional way of living, but, like, people just like, ah, that was bad, but, like, it's not going to happen again, and you'll move on. Hopefully there's going to be some sort of investigation, because I think that if something like this were to happen again, it would be worse than what we experience now, because whatever cost there will be will be minimal, if any, right? to any of the participants. I mean, you do see that some of the people identified have been placed on no-fly list already. Like there was some guy who was at an airport uh, today who was freaking out about how his life is being ruined because of this one little insurrection that he participated in. Like he was kind of... He, he, he does not appreciate the seriousness of the crimes he committed, which seems to be true of everyone because everyone was totally fine having the video recording and they were recording themselves like giving evidence to With the police. With no masks. Yeah. You can put a mask and on and you won't, no one will know and who you are. And that's why I was particularly worried about those that had full masks because yeah. they were intended to do harm and get away from... The other yes. people were just like mindless zombies like they're walking around. and com- I mean, they're still responsible for what they did but I don't think they appreciate that what they're doing is against the law. Because why would you record yourself? You know, so I think things are bad, but it, the system, you know, it's like that. Uh, nothing's fucked yet. Whatever streak existed, this the streak is over, right? So that's bad, right? The peaceful transfer of power streak is over. But there will be a transfer of power, uh, and so all like the president has uh, finally agreed to that. They're going to continue on he the... He said he did. I don't believe him. Right. So, but so far, so good. So, like, on the 20th, there'll be a transfer of power, and then this will kind of maybe be, like, the dark ages, you know, the, the Trump dark era, these four years. And then if things kind of go back to normal, we're, we're having normal political topics as far as what you should do. 
if the Republican Party won't get rid of him, if they won't take this as the opportunity that it is and make Trump and Trumpism and the whole the, the willingness to lie like this completely unacceptable to the party. Right. I mean, this may be the end of the Republican Party. Then we will have learned nothing. The country will continue. This confession has meant nothing, and it's just the end. It's, I don't think it's the end of the country. Like, the party— of the Republicans, maybe, but the country will, will continue. Work. I mean, not in recent memory, but worse things have happened. I mean, you've had a civil war and other things, but like this is very bad. I don't want to minimize it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that the literal found that that the you know government's going to collapse next Thursday or something like that. Uh, but it it suggests well, it, it suggests to me that we're on a we're on a glide path here right. that the. That the the controls are basically useless at this point, right. and that I mean, I, you can't overstate the fact that the Speaker of the House is going to talk to the Joint Chiefs, saying, "Hey, make sure he can't use the nukes." It's like, no, that's not yeah, how this, this is works. Not, right? He's the right. president, or he's not right. the president. There is no in between. There is no gray zone where you can go to Mike Pence and say, "Hey, you're the commander in chief right. for the next ten days." No. You have to take the action. You have to actually do the thing, right. or there is actually no system in place. Like, and that's the the beauty of of these institutions is that they're supposed to take over when the humans uh, fail, right. right? That you you have this backbone there, and that they endure. But if nobody is using the institutional levers of power to control the humans, then then we don't have right. those right. things. Basically, Pelosi was trying to implement a presidency in safe mode, like with Windows, and that's not a thing. So it's like... It's not in the Constitution. Right. It's not in the rules of right. the game. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head to brainiron.com for a show note where you will see a link, at the very least, to this one video of all of these idiots streaming out a side door of the Capitol. There's a written on the door i think i think it's the video where the door says murder the media oh yeah yeah and streaming out of the side are, are just a bunch of idiots these are not the people with the zip ties with the with the zip cuffs and the and the weapons who are planning on kidnapping congress people these are just people who are along for the ride and wanted to get in the building and hashtag stop the steal or whatever right. but this is also like and i've confessed to underestimating the stupidity of people way too often but this is a group of profoundly stupid people who don't know anything about the world who don't know the way that the world works they don't understand reality they they live in this completely other place and these are the people who are walking around the capital and just like pissing on the walls who are just there like they have this is the true heart of of Donald Trump's supportive base. These are the people who went to the rallies completely ignorant and moronic and stupid. And you watch this video and it, there's no other, nothing else comes to mind except that these are people uh, who are not connected to uh, the real world. That's my fun kicker for the end of this show. It's usually try to go out on a laugh and that's what I brought up. Mark Gillig composed the uh, opening and closing themes of the show. You uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? I usually would have nothing, but uh, there's this <laughs> national title game. 
that uh, we were bumped. We bumped our recording for. Right. So, By the way, the the le- the length of this recording is almost certainly going to mean that I'll be editing the show <laughs> during the national title game tomorrow <laughs> instead fine. of watching the national title game, which was why we recorded tonight right. instead of tomorrow. But but go ahead. But don't worry, the national title game will last like 16 hours. They right. will drag it out. Um, so Alabama's playing Ohio State. The easy, obvious answer is Alabama, but I'm going to go with the Ohio State because they, nothing would be more fitting than this goofy season where a team that only played six games that shouldn't even be in it will win it. So I'm just going to, just for the storyline, I would like to see a team like Ohio State get in. It'd be funny if uh, Justin Fields gets a title away from Georgia. I don't know if that'd be that funny. I think Alabama is going to win the game. Yeah, I mean, they're so good, but they're not that good on defense, so it'll just be like a high-scoring thing, and it'll just be... Right. Well, the thing about college football, especially now, is that a defense doesn't actually matter, that you can have a really good defense, but the rules have been construed in such a way that functionally, defenses don't matter at, at the highest level. If you're going up against a competent and explosive offense, then right. your defense is gonna, going to give up many points. Right. And the only hope is that the offense can keep up. Lori? I, from the very beginning of this weird, stupid season that shouldn't have happened, I've been saying they should just give it to Alabama because <laughs> Alabama won't notice the asterisk of the weird season. Yeah. Like, we're used right. to Alabama winning. It's fine. It's a weird year. Let's just keep it simple and give it to Alabama. So, like, I don't know who I think is going to win because that's a stupid thing to talk about because it's sports. You can't know. But, like, I hope Alabama wins. I think if Ohio State wins, no asterisk. Just let the 6-0 record hang. Oh, no, there won't "Hmm." be an asterisk, but, like, they'll know. You know, like, I've been saying the whole season, I'm glad we're not good. Because it would feel kind of empty and right. like not real, right? So like we take it, but like after forty year drought, that this is the yeah. year that Georgia wins. So like, it would not fuck be. Ohio State. Though. This is a couple of hateful sports programs yeah, like, to have to choose I hate between. Ohio by State the way, more than I hate Alabama, <laughs> even though Alabama has personally hurt me more. Right. It's it's as bad as this matchup is. It's preferable than yet another Clemson Alabama. Which is what we almost would have gotten were it not for Justin Fields. That's true. Man, so, he took a hit during that Clemson game too, he, didn't that he? That sucked. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. Did he... Uh, to the ribs. Is he ready to go? I mean, they say he is. I just give him some drugs like those. Yeah, just shoot him up. Yeah. Tell him he'll be fine. <laughs> All right, Abe. You've All right. got, you've got Ohio State. This time. Yeah, the Ohio State. Yeah. Don't say that. That's stupid. Don't yeah. Don't acquiesce <laughs> to their stupid game. Don't don't. It's so stupid that I will. <laughs> I think that's uh, all we've got for tonight. Then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. Pennsylvania Avenue, I love Pennsylvania Avenue, and we're going to the Capitol, 
And we're going to try and give. The Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything. Not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans, the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help, we're tr going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is thank you. I know your pain, I know your hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace.